Hey everyone, thanks for joining me today. It's another gray, dreary, ugly looking day. And yet, here we are getting ready to take our walk through the strange Paradiso. I want to start off with uh, something that happened to me like last week or the week before, whenever it was. So I had this like really bad sore throat. I'm the person that, you know, we all have like our weak spot and stuff. So whenever something's going around, I get a sore throat. So whatever it is, I get it in the form of a sore throat. So anyhow, it was so bad, I couldn't even speak. It felt like my throat was like sticking together. It was uh, dry and scratchy and I couldn't deal with life. It was like pretty bad. So I did all of the things, you know, the colloidal silver, the warm water gargle, salt water, you know, and this and that, and um, even the honey. The honey worked the best because it wouldn't dry out my throat later. So I use Manuka honey. Anyways, I couldn't even drink tea because while I was drinking it, it would be okay. But afterwards, it's like even the tea dried my throat out. I was, it was like really, really bad, okay? So um, I was reading Dr. Berg. It just popped up on the suggestions, you know, on the side there of your device. So I was like, okay, let me take a look at Dr. Berg, what he says about sore throat remedies, okay? Now, first of all, I have nothing to do with the healthcare industry. I'm not any type of medical person. And this isn't advice. This is something that I read about and I tried it. And I want to share this with you. And perhaps you might want to go and take a look at this also. So anyways, by this time, I was like, okay, I don't want to go to the doctor, but I may have no choice. I may have to resort to Western medicine. So I'm reading this and he's talking about bay leaf tea. I'm like, bay leaves? Okay, I have those. And so what it says is, You get like three cups of water and you boil it. Then you put the bay leaves in and then you let it simmer, you know, so you take it off the heat. You let it simmer there for so many minutes. Well, I let it simmer there for like an hour and a half or a couple of hours to get everything out of those leaves. It's said to put two whole bay leaves in there, but I put like four of them because by that time I was desperate, okay? And I was thinking, I don't know how this is going to work. I've tried everything else. I've tried all these other teas, even the Manuka honey. And I still have this sore throat. I couldn't even uh, swallow orange juice or any type of citrus. It burned my throat out so bad. I couldn't eat pomegranates. It burned my throat out so bad, okay? That's how bad it was. So I didn't think it was going to help me any, but I was going to try it anyhow as an experiment. So I drank that bay leaf tea and it really doesn't have a whole lot of flavor. 
Um, it's not a strong flavor or anything like that. And um, I put a little bit of honey in it. So I drank it. And you know what? The sore throat went away. I drank like um, one cup like at night. Then I drank another one in the middle of the night. And I'm telling you guys, the sore throat went away. I was like, wait a minute. How does this happen? I really don't care how it happened. All I know is that it worked. The sore throat went away. And I couldn't believe it. And even right now as I'm speaking, I can't believe it. Because, I mean, we're talking about tea. But I guess there are some kind of compound in there when released and steeped in the hot water, it uh, does something and it took my sore throat away. I was like, whoa. So I just thought I'd uh, share that with you and uh, for you to take a look, see what you think. Now, we have to be careful because just because they're herbs and teas and stuff like that, there are still people with sensitivities. There are still people who may be allergic to certain things. So what I actually did was um, I drank like a tablespoon of it. Then I kind of waited for a little while. And then I took a, two, a couple more tablespoons of it. And by this time, it, <clears throat> it wasn't hot. It was lukewarm. It doesn't have to be hot. So a couple more tablespoons until... I felt confident that uh, whatever was in this tea was going to be okay with me. And then I just drank the rest of it. So, yeah, even when we're dealing with natural remedies and even supplements and stuff like that, we still have to be careful, as well as interactions with other supplements, interactions with medications and stuff like that. So that's why I recommend that you read what Dr. Berg says about the bay leaf tea before you try it. But um, because I don't take anything, I'm not, I don't take any medications or anything like that. So um, I was pretty confident I wasn't going to have a reaction, but just in case, you never know. So I did the tablespoon thing. Anyways, um, yeah, take a look at that. Dr. Berg, B-E-R-G, and then um, the bay leaf tea for sore throat. It's, uh, it's pretty amazing, okay? Because I was really thinking that this sore throat is so bad, nothing's going to help it. I'm going to have to go to urgent care for this sore throat. But all righty then. Okay, so anyhow, um, I want to get into something now. There are a few stories like this that um, I have read about in the past. I mean, they're similar, okay? But, okay, I digress. Let me go back to something else because I'm also gonna, I'm also gonna share a little bit of theory with you guys, okay? All right, so here, and the reason that I'm putting this under the theory category is because I can't prove this. We can read about it, but then there's going to be someone that's going to come out with another uh, theory to debunk this one and so on. So I have to categorize this as theory, even though it makes perfect sense to me. And um, I, I know that uh, at least part of this is true because I can remember back 
when I was, for example, in the first grade. And I remember being out at school in the, in the field and how the grass smelled and how certain things smelled in the morning. And these days, they don't smell the same. People can say, oh, well, that's because as you get older, you lose some of this and some of that, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's not because we're getting older and maybe we become a little desensitized to certain things. Okay, well, there is that. But it's not because we're getting older. It's because the years that we have been exposed to toxins. There are more toxins floating around in the air at any given time right now than there ever have been before. Our grandparents, even our parents, their ability to smell certain things when they were growing up and when they were younger is much different than our ability right now, no matter our age. One of the reasons is because, believe it or not, but a lot of it is because of technology. Besides the room sanitizers, the room deodorizers, the the dryer sheets with the smell good on it and all this other stuff, okay? Besides all that, a lot of the things that are used for technology actually dry the air and have been drying the air. So you're looking at like cell phone towers, for example, and a lot of these um, Wi-Fi things that are out there, not only in your house, but they're also outside. So all of these things, and when I say dry the air, I'm not talking about it's causing uh, maybe like drought and things like that. No, I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about it's like drying the air in a way that it changes the way things smell. And for us, it affects us in that way. You may be able to look back when you were a certain age, just remember how certain things used to smell to you back then that seem a little different now. Seem like maybe it's lost something. Oh, I used to love the smell of, and you fill in the blank and say to yourself, hmm, it does smell different now. Maybe it's lost intensity. Maybe it's just changed, period. But they'll say, oh, well, it's because you're getting older. No. One of the reasons certain things do affect our sense of smell. Certain chemicals, for example. People who work in certain industries who are exposed to certain chemicals will lose some. And I know of a couple of people who have lost their entire sense of smell because of this exposure, okay? But this is like a small percentage of people. I'm talking about like the rest of the population. If, because if you're old enough to remember a time before all the cell towers, 
all the Wi-Fi things out there and all of the pollutants and uh, even those um, drawings and tic-tac-toes that we see in the sky sometimes, all of those things affect the air, affect our environment, and affect our ability to smell. So I wanted to share that with you because uh, there are just so many things that we are being misled about. And that is one of them. So I think to myself, why? I mean, we're talking about the ability to smell cut grass or smell uh, cow pasture and things like this. Why? Is there an agenda for this? Or is it just a byproduct of all of the things that they are spewing into our atmosphere? Or is it both? So I just wanted to, once again, I just wanted to share that with you. And if you're interested in things like this, uh, take a look and see what you think about this, okay? Once again, I have to categorize it as theory because I have no proof about it. But when you start uh, looking into it, and even like right off the top, it will start to make a little bit of sense. I know as soon as I heard it, I started thinking, you know, that makes sense to me. All right. This uh, other thing that I want to share, once again, all right, we have maybe some of us heard similar stories to this. But this is about someone who had a boyfriend and his name, let's say, was uh, Jason, okay? So I'm going to call her Annette. So Annette had this boyfriend named Jason and they had been going out for a while. They had uh, shared things like shared interests like hiking and skiing and a lot of outdoors activities. So they were going to go on a vacation and they were going to go to France and skiing in the Swiss Alps and things like this. So they're on their vacation and there was some sort of incident that happened. They went there and there was some type of um, festival or something that was going on. During this festival, there was an incident. Now, I'm not sure of what type of incident it was, what exactly happened, but it was um, something where if you were there with someone, you could have easily lost them because of the big crowd and things like this, all right? So she's there. There's something that happens. It's not anything major, but there's a big crowd. So her and Jason become separated in the crowd. And she's never able to find him. So she figures, okay, I'll just go back to the room and he'll show up there eventually. So she goes back there to the room where they were staying and uh, she goes to sleep and she wakes up and it's after midnight and he's still not back. So she's really worried, okay? So she goes down and she's talking to the people 
in the lobby about what's happened. And now she's worried. She thinks maybe something happened to him. She needs to find out somehow contact hospitals or whatever it is. Well, they contacted, the police were brought in. They um, searched everywhere. They contacted hospitals and so on and blah, blah, blah. And they could never find Jason. Not only could they not find Jason, but there was no one else on the room ticket with her. It was only her. So the people at the front desk are like, no, there was no one else who checked in here. Only you. So she's starting to feel like, okay, I better shut up because they're going to think that I'm crazy and they're going to put me into a mental facility here in this country that I do not live in. So she just like, oh, tries to play it off. I must have drank too much last night. Okay, you know, forgive me, excuse me. I'm, I'm just tripping, all right? So she goes back to her room and she's scared to death. And she realizes that there are no men's clothing in that room with her. Only her clothing. She's looking in the closet, in the drawers. There's only her suitcase. What happened to Jason? Then she realizes that slowly, like when you wake up out of certain dreams, certain things about him start to like, start going away. She can't remember his last name. She can't remember exactly what town he was from or how they met. So these things start to slowly vanish from her memory. Can you imagine the, I mean, just the fright? So she packs up her stuff because she knows where she lives. She knows where she's from. She knows that she has a plane to catch. She goes, she catches her plane. She goes back home and she contacts one of her friends. And she says, uh, listen, does the name Jason ring a bell to you? And her friend is like, no, Jason, like, is it somebody that you met when you were on your vacation? And then she is like, once again, I'm going to play it off. Yes, I met him. And he said that he met me a long time ago. She said, but he didn't seem familiar. So now she's starting to second, second guess herself. And she feels that she has somehow lost or is in the process of losing her mind. So what she does is she goes to see her doctor. She tells her doctor what happened, but it's abbreviated. She doesn't go into all of the detail. And she says, uh, I'm worried and I need to have something done. I need to have some sort of test or something. So they go over the usual stuff. Okay, have you done any drugs or recreational drug use? This and that, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. She's like, no. And I'm very concerned. I'm very worried. 
Well, they go ahead and they do all these tests and there's nothing wrong with her. She even sees a psychologist. She sees a psychiatrist. They're like, there's nothing wrong with this person. She is mentally uh, stable. We give her 100%. But yet, she's like, this was not a dream. This is not a fantasy that I made up. But she said, was I like talking to someone who wasn't there? Did people see me interacting with someone who was invisible? She's wondering all these things. Well, to this day, and this happened about five or six years ago, to this day, she has never found out. There has never been a trace of this person, Jason. Nothing. The person, as far as we know, did not exist, at least not in this realm. So now, okay, so this happened so many years ago, fast forward to today, and she realizes certain things because she's been listening now and looking into things such as parallel universes. And she says, the only way that I could explain this is if somehow I entered into a different realm or he entered into ours for who knows how long. Well, it is also possible that they could have been in and out. Not just a a one time or a couple of times, but this could have actually been going on for, I mean, I don't know how long, where they could have been like in and out. So it's not like a one-time collision. It's a collision that keeps on happening over and over again. So it's going back and forth. And that's how she knew this person and he knew her. So it's like the last time there was that collision of the two realms, it was like it hit hard enough to separate them both and not come back somehow. So it would be like they collide so hard and now that separates them and there is a a vibration or even a type of wobble so that they're not able to come back together again in the same way that they had before because now things have been altered. So, I mean, that is how I look at this particular experience because she's like, well, if it had been like a collision over and over again, then why did it not happen again? Why did it stop? Yes, because after the one that was large enough, 
and then it's separated. You know, it's like bang, and then it goes apart from each other. And that collision was large enough and intense enough to cause something. Like I said, a vibration, a wobble, something to alter it so that it may have come back again together, but now it's different. It's not the same. The pieces don't fit the way they used to. Things like this, I mean, once again, I have heard similar things, but I have never spoke or been in touch with anyone who has experienced this before. But um, it makes sense to me. The more and more stories and experiences that I hear that were unexplainable in the past now start to make a little more sense when you realize that there could be other realities that are like right next to us and we can't see them. Just like disappearing things, uh, even certain sounds and uh, things like this. It makes sense. But just the thought, all right, of something like this happening, I mean, I can even go on a lesser scale. You think you're walking your dog every day and you realize you don't have a dog. I mean, yeah, immediately you would start wondering like, okay, is someone playing a trick on me or am I losing it? So this person, I mean, I feel that uh, she took care of things the proper way. She went to go and see, first of all, when she got back home, okay, what's happening here? Am I okay? Is there something wrong with me? Am I um, schizo? And do I have multiple personality disorder and certain things like this? So she got that out of the way with first. And um, I, I feel that that was a really good thing for her to do, okay? So... Just like Mandela effect. People talk about that Mandela effect. I'm thinking about that also. Like, hmm, okay, well, that could also be something that uh, is caused by certain things having to do with the parallel universe. Universes, because there's more than one. And, and so on. Time travelers is another one, okay? Because when we think of time travel, we think of, uh, well, you know, that movie, Back to the Future. I never saw that movie, but anyways, I know that a lot of people refer back to that particular movie. But I have to say, um, I know that off the top, okay, there are two that are rather well-known, who were supposedly time travelers. One of them was John Teeter, who appeared sometime, I don't know when it was, 2000 or something like that. And uh, the other one is named Andrew, I think his last name is Basiago, who claimed to be a time traveler, who is still here in our time period 
And he is, I believe he's a lawyer. Yeah, think about that one, guys. But anyways, um, yes, it said that, well, he has said that he is a time traveler. I have to tell you that um, while it is a possibility, I mean, quantum physics and things like this is just so amazing and it explains a lot, especially when you start looking at time travel and certain things like this. And apparently there are pictures that were taken during the Civil War that people had items in their hands or they were wearing certain type of clothing that is that matches with our time, not with the Civil War era and things like this. Uh, pictures of a woman who was walking and she has a cell phone in her hand and this picture was taken in like 1900 or something like this. Well, while I mean, we really don't know, the photos are very grainy. They're not high quality. It could actually be anything. It could be a sh- it could be shadows. It could be things that we think we're seeing, but we're really not. Also, once again, there is a possibility of time travel, but also we have to consider other realities, other realms, and how we are beginning to realize that these things can bleed over into ours. So there are many possibilities. There's more than one possibility when we start looking for answers about certain things. People will sometimes say, well, what about dreams? What do you think about dreams? Could they be this or that? I believe that some dreams are just dreams. Our minds at times try to put together something that has happened to us maybe in our entire lifetime, okay? It doesn't have to be like, oh, our mind is trying to make a a story or sense out of something that happened today. That could happen. But when you look at your entire lifetime and sometimes these crazy dreams that you have could be your mind just kind of like gathering bits and pieces of past experiences as long as you've been alive and putting them together. And then you have this crazy dream that doesn't make any sense at all. But then there are others that are more like visions where you actually speak to people like the dream that I had where I actually spoke to these people and found out that they lived in Long Beach and they told me their names and stuff like this. And the other person who had the dream about the this place, this uh, whatever you want to call it, kind of shopping area, and they actually communicate with one of the other people in their dreams and say, okay, because they realized they were dreaming. And they made a, like a deal. We're going to meet up at a Starbucks, whatever. And somehow they actually found each other in real life. I spoke about that a few months ago. These people actually found one another. And it's like, how did they even know what Starbucks 
They just started going to the Starbucks that were around in their vicinity. The crazy thing about it is that both of these people were from the same state and not too far away from one another. So somehow during their time when they were dreaming, they both had like antennas or beacons somehow communicating with one another through energy or some sort of energetic force and then found each other and our best, like their best buds now. So when we start to think certain things are not possible and this and that, well, there are plenty of people able to come forward to say, oh yes, not only is it possible, but it has happened and it has happened to me. So just one of the more interesting things that we can take a look at because these things are not creepy. I mean, the one story, okay, it was kind of disturbing when Annette realized that uh, no one knows who Jason was and how she checked into the hotel room by herself. Then she realizes that, oh yeah, there are no guy clothes in here either. And how little by little, he started to fade from her memory. Even how he looked, it started to fade. Like when you wake up from a dream and you remember bits and pieces at the beginning, but then little by little, the dream fades away until you don't remember it at all. That's how he started fading from her memory. So things aren't always creepy. When they, but it's still like considered paranormal because it's not really normal. It's not really what people experience on a daily basis. But as we take our walk, as we stroll down this path, I like to try to figure things out. And I'm going to say once again that more and more, the whole alternate reality, parallel universe, different planes explain a lot to me. It's starting to make a a lot of things just make a lot more sense. Anyways, that's uh, all that I've got for today. I... um. Yeah, that is so interesting for me, guys. I hope that this is interesting to you as well. You can always let me know. You can contact me at maybe underscore Maria at outlook.com. I love hearing from you guys. You can um, tell me what you think. Give me, give me your opinion. Or if you want to share something with us, let me know. I will share it. And um, anything that you want to hear about, maybe you've heard something a long time ago that's very obscure and uh, it's hard to find. You can't really find it and this and that. Well, let me know and let me see if I can dig around and find it. And then we'll bring it out into our conversation. 
All right. But once again, I want to thank all of you so much for joining me. The reason that I do this is more than just because I find this stuff fascinating, but it's also because of all of you, because of your interest, because you decide and agree to come and walk with me. And I'm very, very thankful to all of you. Okay. So um, anyways, well, it looks like the sun may be coming out a little bit. Wherever you are, I wish you a wonderful, great day. Hopefully there is some sunshine. And we'll be chatting again soon as we continue walking as a group through the strange paradiso. Ciao.